Kiddushin Dafayan Gimel, we were last discussing that before Rabbi passed away, he had a Nebuah about certain places being invalid in regards to lineage. We also discussed how today all countries have a Haskat Kashrut according to Hachamim. And we said in the future, the halachas like Rabbi Yossi, that Hashem will purify all the Mamzerim and we won't have to worry about it. And with that, we're going to start Ain Bet Amud Bet. Three lines from the bottom, last word on the line, which says Tanur Abanan. Ger no se mamzeret According to Rabbi a ger, a convert, is allowed to marry a mamzeret, a girl from a, a relationship that it was not allowed. That according to Rabbi Uda, a ger is not allowed to marry a mamzeret. A convert, a, a slave that's been freed, and a halal, that's a child as a result of a marriage of a kohen to a divorcee or a woman who got halitza. Mutarim bekohenet. They're allowed to marry kohanot. The rules of who a kohen can marry and not marry does not apply to female kohanot. What's Rebiosi's reason that a convert is allowed to marry mamzeret? Because hamisha kehale ketivet says uh, the word kahal five times in the pasuk. Number one, lo yavo mamzer bikal Hashem. Number two, lo yavo lo bakahal. Number three, lo yavo amonim wavi bikal Hashem. Number four, lo yavo lahem bakahal. Number five, dor shel shi yavo lahem bakahal. And all of these are in regards to different isurim. And really, you could have mentioned them all at once. But the reason it mentioned the word kahal five times is because had one of them is lekohanim that they're not allowed to marry mamzer vehad one of them is lavim that the lavim are not allowed to marry a mamzer vehad leisraelim one that israel is not allowed to marry a mamzer vehad lemishrei mamzer bishtuki and one that a mamzer is allowed to marry a shtuki a person who doesn't know who his father is vehad lemishrei shetuki beisrael and one to allow shetuki to marry a regular a regular israel meaning he's a safek mamzer. And therefore, he's allowed to marry a normal Israelite. And since each kahal was needed, kahal gerim loy kahal. Comes out that gerim are not considered a kahal, and therefore they're allowed to marry mamzerim. Verbi Huda, he argues, and he says, Kohanim will be in mehat kahal nafke. Kohanim and Levim, they come out of one kahal. You don't need uh, two different kahals for them. So therefore, gerim. So you have one kahal left. That fifth kahal is for gerim. They're considered kahal and they're asur to marry mamzer. Now, or you could say, You could say that Kohanim and Levim are two separate uh, kahals. Mamzer bishtuki ushtuki beisrael mehad kahal nafka. However, Mamzer, who is allowed to marry Shituki, or Shituki is allowed to marry Israel, eat, they're both learned from one kahal, meaning they're doresh the pasuk as follows. Loyavo Mamzer bikal Hashem, Mamzer vaday hu de loyavo, ha Mamzer safek yavo. A Mamzer, 100% Mamzer cannot marry anyone in kahal Hashem, but if it were not 100% about him being a Mamzer, then he's allowed to marry in kahal Hashem. And that's from the word Mamzer. And from the word Kehal, where Doresh as follows. Bekal vadaihu delevo, ha bekal safek yavo. Mamzer is not allowed to marry someone who is 100% Kahal Hashem. But if we're not sure what he is, for example, a Shituki, etc., he's allowed to marry. Ve'ibait ima. Or you could say, Hane nami 
You could say that the safek mamzer is mutar, or uh, the mamzer is mutar in the safek. Uh, there are two kahals separately. V'tamid Rabbi Yehuda that a kahal gerim is considered a kahal. He learns it mehacha from the following: kahal hukahat lachem velager hagar. You see in that pasuk there's kahal and there's ger, meaning they're considered a kahal. Ul Rabbi Rabbi who said that they're not considered kahal, what does he do with that pasuk? The pasuk says, hukatahat, in between them, it splits them up. So there's kahal and then there's ger, the two different things. Now we let that end the braita, had ger vehad aivid meshuhar vehalal mutarin bekohenet. A convert, a free slave, and a halal is a lot of Maria Kohenet. It helps Rav, the Amar of Yudha Amar Rav, the Kohanot, female Kohanim, were not warned, they were not, they're not obligated in all these mitzvot that the male Kohanim have in regards to who are they allowed to marry. And Darash Rabbi Zerab Mchoza, Ger mutar be mamzeret. A ger is allowed to marry a mamzeret, like Rabbi Yossi. Ragmu kule alma betrogayu. Everyone started throwing their uh, etrogim on him. There was a lot of gerim over there, and everyone was offended that they're not considered a kahal, so he started throwing etrogim at him. Amar Abba, mi'ika de darish milta ki hai beduchte deshchehegi yore. Rabba asked a question to Rabbi Zerah. Who's doresh such a drasha in a place where there's so many gerim? Why would you do that? And Darash Rabbah bin Rabbah was Doresh in the city of Mahoza, Ger Mutar be Kohenet. A Ger is allowed to marry a Kohenet, Ta'anu be Shirai, and they, uh, they put uh, silk around him and they covered him in silk, meaning they did something nice to him. Hadar Darash to Ger Mutar be Mamzeret. But then he gave them another leniency where a Ger is allowed to marry Mamzeret. Amrule, Afsita, Lekamaita, you just lost what we originally thought of you or what we originally put on you. I just did better for you. I just gave you the green light over here and over here. You could marry Kohenet, you could marry Mamzeret, you could marry whatever you want. There's nothing stopping you. Because the reason he's mutar to marry a kohenet because the kohanot, the female kohanim, were were not commanded on the on the mitzvah of, of who they're allowed to marry, who not. Because that kahal gerim is not considered a kahal. Now we learned in the Mishnah Eluhen Shetuki. The following is a Shetuki called Shemaki. Whoever knows who his mother is just doesn't know whose father is. Really from the Torah, is mutar, even though we don't know whose father is. My tama, what's the reason? The majority of people who are with her are kasher to her. Even a goy is considered okay, meaning the child wouldn't be a mamzer. Minority is is pasultar, meaning the, the small minority of the entire world that might be with her is mamzerim or, uh, or relatives. If they're going to her, well, call the parish meruba parish. Anyone who leaves the majority, he's considered part of the majority, and uh, therefore we're going to say that whoever she was with was uh, kasher to her. We're going to go by that uh, majority. 
Now, my amount, because what do you have to worry about? Dilma Azla Ihi Le Gabayu, are you worried that maybe she went to a man? Well, still, Hava Le Kabua, it becomes something that is permanent or stagnant in one place. Vichol Kabua Kemehzal Mehzadame. And then we have the principle that anything that is stagnant is considered 50 50. The Torah said, "A mamzer should not come in kehal Hashem." Meaning, mamzer vaday hu deloyavo, hamamzer safek yavo. So, at worst, it's fifty-fifty, and we know what we were doresh before that a mamzer vaday. If we know for sure he's a mamzer, he cannot marry Israel, but he's fifty-fifty, uh, he can marry uh, Israel. So in this case, with the shituki, based on the math, uh, he's for sure allowed to marry a, a regular Israelite. And we were doresh also. Bikal vaday hu delo yavo ha bikal safek yavo. That a mamzer cannot be with someone who is for sure Israel. But if they themselves are not sure, then he's allowed to. Umatam amru shituki pasul. Why hachamim say a shituki is pasul to marry someone Jewish? Kizera shemeisa achoto meaviv. We're worried that he might marry his sister from his father. Let's say his father was with another lady. And had a girl. Nobody knows about it. And then he he was with this person's uh, mother, had him. So this person might marry that girl and not know. So therefore they said Shituki is just pasul to marry anyone. But the Gemara doesn't understand it because Elamata Shituki Shitukit Loisa. So maybe a Shituki is not allowed to marry a Shitukit also because maybe they share the same father. Shemesa Hotome Aviv. Maybe it's a sister from his father. We're going to say that all the Zenut that happened over here was from this guy's father. Meaning it's far-fetched to claim that. And therefore, we're just going to say he's allowed to marry Shitukit. The Gemara says, okay, what about Bat Shitukit? He shouldn't marry the daughter of a Shitukit. Why? Maybe that's his sister from his father. Maybe his father was with a Shitukit and they had this girl and he wants to marry this girl. Maybe it's his sister. Ella, you have to say, Lo had something that's not common. And something that's not common, Hachamim, we're not going there. And Hachanami, same thing over here with the Sheituki marrying a Israelite. Lo it's not common for maybe someone to be, be with his sister from his father. Ella, Ma'ala, Asurbe, Hasin. Rather, the reason that Sheituki is Asurbe Israelite is just one of those stringencies that Hachamim put on Ben Israel's lineage. And we want to make sure that everyone is 100% kosher. Therefore, Shituki should not marry a Israelite. Rabbah says, really, from the Torah, and Asufi is a child that we gathered from the street. It should be kasher to, to marry Israel. Why? Because the worst we're going to worry about is this child being a mamzer, meaning a woman was mezaneh for someone else, not her husband, and had a child. Well, even with that, eshet ish tola. Because an Eshet Ish, even though she's Mezaneh with someone else, she's relying that any any child that is born from her is really her husband's child. Meaning she's not throwing out this child because she has a backup plan to what to say about this child, that it's, it's her husband's. So my Ikao, now what are you left with to worry about? Mi'ut Arusot. So you have a minority of women, very small amount of women that are engaged, who are uh, still uh, waiting to uh, be married. So maybe that's his mother, or maybe you're worried about the few ladies in town that their husbands went away on business, and they can't rely on their uh, on their husband. They can't say, oh, this is my husband's child. 
Well, kevan deika penuya veika nami demhamat reavon. Well, still, there's a lot of other things to worry about. You have a bunch of single girls who might have had this child and they just put him in the street somewhere, or you have a bunch of women who. They were, this child is 100% kosher, they married and everything, just they're so poor that they didn't know what to do with the baby, they just uh, threw him out into the market, then it becomes hava palga palga, then you have half-half, this is a safek that is exactly even, you have, you could say 50% this kid's a mamzer, or you could say 50% this kid's parents were a miskenim, it's either a single girl or poor parents, the Torah, amra lo yavo mamzer bikal Hashem, the Torah said a mamzer should not come into kal Hashem, and we know mamzer, that's 100%. It cannot marry, but uh, if he's a safek, he can. But and he cannot marry 100% Jewish people. But if they were safek, he is allowed to. Umatam amru asofi pasul. So why they say aviv asofi pasul? Shemeisa ahotome aviv because he might marry his sister from his father. So ela me'atav. That's the case. Asofi asofi lo isa. So an asofi shna marry a asofi the girl. From the same reason, it might be a sister of both, either from his mother's side, from his father's side. You really don't know what this kid, so you really shouldn't be able to marry anyone. The Gemara says, So many people are just throwing out their kids to the street. The Gemara says, Fine. Okay, fine. The daughter of an Asufi or an Asufi, you shouldn't marry either because maybe that's his sister also. Ela. You have to say that the whole concept of people throwing out their kids to the, to the street is not common. And that's, and that's something same thing over here. You can't be a serum in Israelite because this worry he might marry his sister because had something that's not common. So what's the reason he's a sort to marry Israelite? Because just made a stringency when it came to lineage that he's a sort to marry regular Israelite. And Amarava Barav Huna Mahul, if he found this Asofi with the Brit Milah, then Enbom Mishum Asofi is not considered Asofi, rather, you have to say he's Kasher because his parents wouldn't uh, waste their time giving him a bris if they knew they were just going to throw him out to the street. And same idea if Meshalte had me. If his body parts look in order, meaning someone took care of him after he was born, then you know it's just not a regular asufi, rather he's a kashir. Just the only reason he got thrown there because uh, there was no food in the house. Same idea, shayif mishha, if you see that there's oil around him, umla kohla, or they put some of this uh, blue stuff on his face to make him look good, or reme humre, or maybe they put the uh, stuff around his neck if, to, for uh, for healing purposes, or tale uh, pitka, or maybe you saw maybe like a gold necklace or something, utale kimia, or maybe it's a necklace with spices inside. In all these cases, en bo mishum asofi, all these cases, he's not in Asufi. He actually has parents, and they know whose parents are, and everything was done kosher, just there was no food in the house, and they just threw him out to the street. Taleb if you find this child in a cradle on a tree, if an animal can get to it and kill it, then it's an Asufi, because that means the mother doesn't care. But if it's a place where animals can't reach it, then it's not considered an Asufi. 
The basic rule is if the child is found in a place where it's dangerous or he's or he was found in a situation where uh, he's going to get hurt or like no one took care of him, then he's an Asufi. But if he was taken care of or if he's being protected, then you know he's not an Asufi. If they found him on a tree called a Zerata, which is near the city, that Yeshbo Mishum Asufi is considered an Asufi because that's dangerous because over there is the Shedim. The only people who put over there is probably an Asufi. Ve'im Lav, and if it's not near the city, Enbo Mishum Asufi, it's not considered Asufi. If they found the child Bekinishtan the Shul, Semichtalemata, Berabim, if it's near the city and there's a lot of people in the Shul, Enbo Mishum Asufi, it's not an Asufi because you, there's no Shedim in that area and you know people are going to come and take care of it. Ve'im Lav. And if you don't have one of these two situations where it's, it has to be near the city and people are there, then Yeshbo Mishum Asufi, then it's considered Asufi because it's a dangerous spot. Amar Amemor, Hai Pera de Soufle, the hole where people just throw the, the date pits in, which they leave for animal food. If you find the baby there, Yeshbo Mishum Asufi, it's dangerous. If you find them in the middle of the river where boats pass by, because mommy put him in a situation where boats can pass by and find him. If they found him on the sides of the river where no water passes by and no one really passes by, if you find him on a corner of Rashut Arabim, he's not, uh, he's not considered Nasufi. He's being, that she left him over there to be protected. If they found this child in Rashut Arabim, he's considered Nasufi. If it was famine years and a lot of children were being thrown to the street because it was hunger, and bomishum asufi, there's no, there's no issue with the asufi. And had Rabah, yeah, what was Rabah talking about? Ilemar Shutarabim. If he was talking about the child they found in Shutarabim, then you have a problem because I did the shneira avon katlale. Just because there's no food, she's going to throw her child in the middle of Shutarabim. Meaning, just leave him at home. He could die there. We could blame it on the hunger. If you want to say that I was talking about the sides of Rishut Rabim, you also have a problem because my area Shener Avon why Dafka during years of famine. Even if it wasn't the years of famine, if you found the child over there, then he should be kasher. So Rabba was talking on what all these rabbis said that calls man shebashuk if a child was found in the shuk and then his parents came in and said no this is our son's our son okay the child uh, there we believe them the, the child is kasher if he was already gathered from the shuk and at that point uh, the parents come in and say it's our child we don't believe the parents rather he's concerned as sufi my tama what's the reason once he was called an asufi that said he's an asufi by then, it's too late to walk in and say, oh, he's our child. Then even if he was already gathered, uh, if parents came in to the, to the police department, they said, that's our child, they're believed. And Three people are believed right away, and you don't even have to wait. Eluhan, and these are them. Asufi, in the case of an Asufi, if parents come in right away and they say, it's our child, okay, that's their child. Haya, the midwife. 
upoteret havrotea, and a woman who is exempting her friends, meaning, let's say we're not sure which one of us is a nida, and she claims I'm the nida, then everyone else is exempt there, meaning they're all tahor. Asufi hadamaran, asufi we just talked about. Haya, the midwife, the Tanya. Haya ne'emint loma zeyatzarishon v'zeyatzasheni. The midwife is believed to say that this this twin was is the bechor. He was first, and this one is second. But midvar mamurim, what are we talking about? As long as the midwife didn't leave the room. But if she left and she came back in a minute, we don't believe her anymore. Depends. If she stood in her place, we believe her. And if she didn't stand in her place, in a minute, we don't believe her. What's the difference between Tanakam and Rebilia Ezra? The practical difference would be she turned her face. According to Tanakama, she didn't leave the room, we believe her. According to Rebilia Ezra, she didn't stand in her place, and we can't trust her. Next, the third case is Poteret Havrotea Mahi. What's the one who where she's exempting her friends? Ditnan. Shalosh Nashim Shayu Yeshenot Bemita Ahat. Three women sleeping in a bed. Dam Tahat Ahat Men. And blood was found under one of them. Kulan Timoter. All Tame. Badka Hat Mehen. Venimset Temea. He Temea Vechulan Teorot. If one of them checked and she found that she's the one who's in Ida, then she's the Nida. Everyone else is Tahor. Aman of Hasda. Shebadka Atzmaki Shior Veset. We're talking about a situation where she checked herself right after they found the blood. But if she checked herself after a while, then uh, they're all Tameh. And these are the three cases that we believe the person right away. Tanura Banan. We're talking about a situation where four women uh, gave birth in one house. One is the wife of a Kohen, one is the wife of Levi, one is the wife of a Natin, that's the Givonim that Yeshua said uh, not allowed to marry. And the fourth one is the wife of a Mamzer. The midwife is believed to say that this is a Kohen, Levi, Natin, Mamzer. And the Ritbah over here explains, even after a while, we believe her. And again, when do we say that she's believed? As long as there was no complaints about which child is kasher, which one's mamzer. But once there was a claim on this child, and there was a mix-up in one of the children, in any minute, we don't believe her anymore. And the Gemara says, What complaint? What protest? If one person is complaining, we know that you cannot protest if you're less than the two. Ella are rather you have to say that there's two witnesses protesting her her testimony. You could say it's one person who's uh, protesting. And when Rabbi Yohanan said you need two to protest, that's when you started off with the Hazaka presumption of, of, of Kashrut. But over here, let's say she left the room, she's not sure, he's not sure, there's a lot of arguing back and forth. There was never a Hazakan Kashrut on any of the children. Maybe Maybe if one person protests, we believe them too. And the Gemara brings the, the end of that right time. Uh, uh, the owner of a store is believed to say, I sold this item to this person, not that person. When do we say he's believed? That's when he has the item in his hand. But if he doesn't have the item in his hand anymore, he's not believed. And she explains the reason we believe him is because, you know, if someone reneges on a deal, then there's a curse of Mishapara, whoever uh, t- took revenge on the generation of the of the Mabul will take revenge on someone who goes back on the deal.
So as long as he's, uh, he's holding the item, we can trust that this guy doesn't want to get cursed. Now, Rabbeinu Tam explains a little bit different, that the reason we believe him is because he has a migo. He could say, I bought it back. He could say, I never sold it yet. There's a lot of lies he could make up. And the fact that he's saying, I sold it to this person, then we believe him. So now the Gemara asks, Why don't we just check who paid the money? The Gemara says, No, we're talking about a situation where he got the money from both of them. We we're talking about a situation where one uh, he took uh, willingly, the other one forced the money into his hand. And we are not sure which one was willingly, which one was by force. Because once he got the money from both, uh, even if he says, I get, uh, this one gave it to me, but willingly, that one by force, we don't believe him at that point. So as long as he has the item in the hand, we believe him. And the Baita will continue, but we'll continue with tomorrow. We'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.